Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book's ubiquity, the astonishing connection between human and animal. This book began when one of the authors Barbara Natterson Horevitz received a call from the chief veterinarian of the Los Angeles Zoo. He informed her that an emperor tamarin at the zoo was having a heart failure, and they needed her help. Dr. Horowitz is a cardiologist treating human patients at University of California Los Angeles, as well as a medical consultant with the Los Angeles Zoo. She often assists the zoo veterinarians with difficult cases of animal illnesses. In the veterinary room, Dr. Horowitz opened her eyes wide and crouched close to the Emperor Tamarin, hoping to calm its nerves as she often does with human patients. To her surprise, the zoo veterinarian stopped her, because this might cause the Tamarin to contract capture myopathy. What is capture myopathy? When an animal is caught by a predator, it may experience a sudden surge of adrenaline in its bloodstream, which can injure its heart chambers and lead to death. Locking eyes, a gesture of friendliness among humans can make animals feel threatened and potentially causes capture myopathy in them. Although this was the first time Dr. Horowitz heard of this disease, it sounded strikingly familiar. As her department at UCLA is one of the leading authorities in heart transplants, she has encountered a lot of first-hand information on people with a wide range of cardiac conditions. She remembered one condition known as Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, which is usually triggered by situations like the death of a loved one, abandonment at the altar, or bankruptcy and insolvency. Patients will experience floppy and unpredictable heartbeats that causes severe chest pain. When putting these two conditions together, Dr. Horowitz immediately identified many similarities, emotional triggers induced by stress, and failing muscles in patients' heart. She realized that Takotsubo cardiomyopathy in humans and capture myopathy in animals may be related conditions. Since that incident, Dr. Horowitz began documenting other illnesses in humans and searching through the veterinary databases and periodicals, hoping to find traces of these conditions. Sure enough, she found that many human and animal diseases show remarkable similarities. Her research led her to call for this book along with Catherine Bowers, a writing course instructor at UCLA. The title of the book's ubiquity is a word coined by Dr. Horowitz herself. The prefix zoo comes from the Greek zoon, which means living being, while ubiquity derives from the Latin ubique meaning omnipresent or everywhere. This marriage of Greek and Latin concepts mirrors the convergence of human and animal medicine in the book. Zubiquity covers conditions such as faint, cancer, sexual dysfunction, addictions, heart disease, obesity, self-injury, anorexia, and risk-taking in adolescence, looking at their symptoms and behavioral aspects that are shared by humans and animals. In this bookie, we will introduce the book in three parts. Part 1, Survival Strategies Common to Both Humans and Animals. Part 2, Problems in Human and Animal Adaptations. Part 3, Human and Animal Responses to Stress. First, 
let's look at some of the evolutionary adaptations that have developed in humans and animals to help them survive. While these adaptations may seem like disadvantages, they are all useful in some way. For many years, Dr. Horowitz's daughter begged for permission to get her ears pierced. When she was 12, her mother finally agreed and took her to a cosmetic surgeon. The surgeon confirmed the placement of the piercing, then drew out his silver piercing gun. When the girl saw it, her smile faded, and she passed out before the gun reached her ear. Hers is not an isolated case. In fact, around one-third of adults have lost consciousness or passed out at least once in their lifetime. Similarly, animals also pass out. Dogs can faint following everyday activities like barking, jumping, frolicking, grooming, or bathing, while cats can pass out in response to needles during veterinary examinations. Apart from domesticated animals, creatures in the wild also experience syncope, screech owls and juncos sometimes fall into a torpor-like state during blood draws, and chimpanzees may pass out when they are dehydrated or under stress. Why do humans and animals faint? For animals, feigning death when they are under mortal threat may fool predators into letting them go. Ducks have often used this trick to successfully escape from inexperienced foxes. In some cases, playing dead can also help humans to evade imminent harm. The story of Holocaust survivor Nina Marecki is one such example. During the Second World War, she escaped from a concentration camp and was chased down in a Polish forest by the Nazi troops. At that critical moment, she fainted. When she came to, she found herself lying in a pile of bodies, from which she later crawled out and escaped. Of course, fainting doesn't always mean a total loss of consciousness. Sometimes the heart rate slows down, and the organism is near syncope but retains some awareness. Nonetheless, in this state, the organism is unable to move, causing the attacker to presume that they are dead. They may also undergo excretion, which can repel the attacker and protect them from harm. Earlier, we mentioned that Dr. Horowitz's daughter passed out when she was getting her ears pierced. Perhaps some instinct in her body or her mind mistook the silver piercing gun for a real weapon, causing her to faint in response. While this evolutionary adaptation may be troubling for people today, it has been an effective survival strategy throughout history. Thus, we have seen how a seemingly disadvantageous physiological response like fainting can actually have certain benefits. Now, let's look at the positive side of one of the most troubling conditions for men, erectile dysfunction or ED for short. ED occurs when erections are unable to achieve the hardness required for penetration or last as long as they once did. This condition has a profound effect on the quality of life and social well-being of men and their partners. One out of every ten men worldwide experience ED, and as a result, the associated drugs, devices, dietary aids, and other snake oil products have spawned a multi-billion dollar industry. Both physical and mental conditions may cause ED. Because human erections depend largely on blood flow, conditions like diabetes, hypertension, clogged arteries, vein disorders, 
and weak pulses that impede the proper surging of blood around the body can induce or exacerbate ED. On the other hand, problems in the workplace and interpersonal friction may cause heavy stress that contributes to a psychological cause of ED. Human males are not the only ones who experience ED, animals can also lose their erection due to environmental and other factors. If the animal senses danger, threat, competition, or decreased reward while mating, this will inhibit erection. However, this kind of supposed dysfunction actually serves a protective physiological function, if animals don't stop mating when there is imminent danger, they risk being attacked by other animals, not only predators but also their same kind, even members of their own family. Take the ring-tailed lemur for instance. This species mates once a year, and during mating season, the competition between males can be very fierce. Some male lemurs will push other males off the females that they're mating with, or get into brutal fights that lead to injuries. In such situations, it is beneficial for the animal to lose their erection when they are frightened or threatened. Although humans do not face the problem of being interrupted during sex by predators or competitors, this ancient neural feedback loop has been preserved in our species, causing men to lose their erections when they are under stress. Syncope and sexual dysfunction are two conditions that have evolved to help organisms survive, despite no longer being useful to humans in modern times. Next, we will look at a topic that has always had a complex significance for all species, adolescence. While it is not an illness, it can nonetheless have a high mortality rate for both humans and animals. Speaking of adolescence, we often think of threats such as traffic accidents, sexually transmitted diseases or STDs, alcohol and drug abuse, traumatic injury, teen pregnancy, date rape, depression, and suicide. Adolescents are often more likely to engage in risk-taking and sensation-seeking behavior than other age groups. In fact, animals also undergo adolescence, during which they also take more risks than usual. Let's take the example of the sea otter. In the waters stretching south of San Francisco toward the Farallon Islands is a place that sea otter researchers call the Triangle of Death. Great white sharks, sneaker waves, riptides, and treacherous undertows can be found there. Moreover, the region also has a high concentration of an infection-causing microbe. As a result, most sea otters tend to stay clear of this area, except for the male adolescents. In humans and animals alike, the mortality rate of adolescents is often higher than that of other age groups. You may be wondering why do humans and animals have to go through such a dangerous phase during their development. Doesn't this defeat the purpose of evolution which is intended to help species survive more effectively? The surprising answer is that this risk-taking phase is not only normal, but also necessary. During adolescence, the brain undergoes major changes that allow impulsive action to override prudent inhibition, prompting both humans and animals to explore new things. This is why human teenagers drive recklessly, and adolescent sea otters venture into dangerous territory. In order to survive on their own, animals need to know how to recognize their predators, and part of this skill is learned during adolescence. One important way to gain knowledge on how predators smell, hide, run, 
and attack is to get close enough to them to see them in action. For this reason, immature Thompson's gazelles often follow prowling cheetahs and lions for a long time and observe their every move. This kind of behavior is known as predator inspection. That concludes part 1, survival strategies common to both humans and animals. Let's review. We mentioned that both humans and animals experience syncope, which has some benefits that can protect them from harm. Sexual dysfunction is a similar protective mechanism that prevents predators and competitors from doing serious damage when they interrupt a mating session. For humans today, however, these mechanisms are outdated and no longer useful, they have become handicaps instead. Lastly, while humans and animals have always undergone adolescence throughout their evolution, this phase can lead to serious risks and even death. But the brain experiences profound changes during adolescence, prompting the organism to take risks and explore new stimuli that help them to acquire the necessary skills for surviving on their own. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.